0: Welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies presented to you by Manscaped and brought to you by the ONTAP Sportsnet. If you're looking for the best manscaping products on the planet, go to manscaped.com and browse their awesome selection. The Lawn Mower 3.0 brings you 7,000 RPMs of skin-safe technology so you don't nick, cut, or scrape those sensitive areas. Want to keep your boys fresh all day? No problem. Go and pick up the ball toner and ball Deodorant so you're fresh all day long. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code ONTAP Tap to get 20% off and free shipping on all your manscaping needs. back to Huskies On Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies presented to you by Manscaped and brought to you by the On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez, and we have a very special interview episode, our first of 2021, the first since the end of the football season. And this is a guy... You know, I'm not going to tip my hat too much, so we got to check in with Ethan first. But this is a guy that has entered his hat into the NFL draft. Someone who has a very bright future ahead of him. Let me check in with Ethan, and then we'll go ahead and get get started with today's guest. Ethan, how are you today, brother?
1: I'm good, man. We're coming off a a big weekend in football. Uh, The NFL is coming to an end here in, what, three weeks, obviously, with the Pro Bowl. So big slate this weekend. But like you mentioned, this guy, our guest here, is, is putting his hat in. You know, he's, he's training hard. We, we just talked a little bit before we got started about what he's been doing with his training and getting ready for the league. So uh, without further ado, uh, Brandon, you can introduce him. Go ahead.
0: Yes, and our guest today is a man who caught over 65 passes in his time here in DeKalb as a Husky. A guy who not only can block, catch, but pretty much knock anyone out in his way. Someone who told me before his last game that what he was going to do when he went out there on Saturday was go hard. He did it this year. He had all-MAC conference honors towards the end of the season. Huskies On Tap listeners, I'm pleased to present to you Daniel Crawford. Daniel, how are you today, man?
2: I'm great. I'm great. I'm glad to be here.
0: Hey, we're happy to have you. I know it wasn't, you know, the season that we were all looking for, but you played great and you were able to receive an individual award. You were able to get on to, was it the second team All-Mac or was it third? Yeah, I
2: got, I got, I got second team All-Mac.
0: So I had to take towards the end of the season and I said this, I said, if they would have fed Crawford a little bit more, we could have been eating on that first team. But I know our offense was in a little bit of a transitional phase this year. And I know with you being one of the, you know, upperclassmen and seniors, how was that for you, you know, dealing with being kind of a leader for all of the younger players there on the team?
2: You know, I think it was a great learning experience, not only for me, but just everybody included, because it just opened my eyes to different ways that I could lead and what people responded to and what they didn't respond to. You know, I've never been over in my life. And I think that was a good, I a good eye opener and a good experience for me to go through as well as some other people on the team, because, you know, they just learned that it takes a lot to win and it's just not, you can't take it for granted. So I think we created some leaders, you know, we we got rid of who maybe wasn't a leader. And we, I think the NIU program is going to be very successful in the next couple of years.
1: it leads me into uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask. Obviously you hear. All four years, uh, the coaching change is never easy. Uh, you were here through that coaching change, obviously, seeing what Coach Hammock has built to this point. Um, where do you see the programs at and and who out of those names do you see or who of those names should Husky fans look out for next season?
2: Uh, I think a couple of names to look out for would definitely be Trayvon Rudolph. You know, Devin Lafayette, he's a ball player. Uh, Liam, I think he's going to make some strides this offseason, Liam Sorrigan. Uh they got a new quarterback, I think, named Rocky Lombardi. I was kind of familiar with him because, you know, he went to Michigan State. I heard he's he's pretty decent. You know, uh, as far as the running back room goes, I think it's going to be a lot of new faces. But Aaron Collins, he's a mature guy. It was, I mean, last year was his first time on the NCAA Division I uh, field. You know, and I think he learned a lot. And he's going to take some great strides. He's going to get stronger and faster. So I'm excited to see what they have going on, especially in the receiver room. with Cole, he's always been a standout. He's going to be a great leader this year, you know, so I'm just excited to see what these guys can do. And up on the O-line, Braden's coming back. You got Logan Schernitz, He's a baller. And those are a couple guys that I think are going to make some strides.
0: Yeah, and then you talked about, you know, we maybe got rid of some of the leaders there was – or not leaders, but we maybe got rid of some of the bad apples. As someone who stayed through the coaching change and, you know, we've seen – A number of people transfer already this year. What advice do you have to underclassmen that are, you know, thinking maybe I should transfer from NIU? Why do they stay?
2: Um, I think when you stay, it it creates a sense of belonging, and it also creates a sense of culture in the program. You know, it's easy to leave when things are going bad, but when things are going good, everybody's begging to be around. You know what I mean? So it's like you can't take your situation for granted, and you always have to find what you can do in within yourself and also around other people to just make the situation better along with yourself. So I think that's, that has, that's a benefit of just staying, staying down and staying a part of the team.
1: And you talk about that too, and building leaders and things like that. And obviously it was a tough season. 0 six, no one, no one really thought this was what the season was going to be, but in the year that this, the entire world really endured and what, you know, a six game schedule and, and really kind of a, a whack training schedule Going forward, you know, what kind of lessons did you learn from that? Like, you know, does this, what kind of leadership does this build going forward if you're able to be successful through these tough times? And, and now we're looking forward to going back to normal life, normal workouts, things like that.
2: I think it just proves that you, there's so much you can do with so little, and that you can't let things break you. It gives you a different outlook on the way you approach things as far as whether it's workouts or school or meetings or work or anything, you know. It just it gives you a a, a bigger eye and it gives you an opportunity to understand like you, you find a little bit of something within yourself. You don't have to you don't need too much external motivation because you literally all all you have is yourself at that time. So whatever resources you have around you, you kind of maximize those and with everything starting to open back up and as far as football goes and Again, actual off season, you know, with the spring ball and things like that, it'll only make the team better because they already know what to do on their own. And now when we come together, it makes it that much more better.
0: Yeah, and I was going to say kind of an all I got, all I need mentality. But when it comes to that team, we see it week in and week out. And, you know, one of the things that we were a little worried about and we kind of got a little reinsurance going into the season was how were the freshmen going to play? And you, like you talked about, you know, you saw great performances from guys like Trayvon Rudolph and guys like Devin Lafayette. Jordan Gandy really stepped up big time. And so did Jordan Hansen. There was a lot of key plays made by freshmen on this team. And it's something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast that, you know, unfortunately for you and, Well, not unfortunately, because, you know, you're you're training for the NFL. You're on to bigger and better things. But unfortunately for you, you won't be able to see it through when the program is back to where they need to be. But you were able to play on a MAC championship team. And I know, you know, we talked about it a little bit in the press conference. You were injured towards the end of the season. But to take it from the press conference to here, for our listeners, what can you say that this team needs to do to get back to that MAC level championship football?
2: I think they just need a little bit more sense of camaraderie and – the work, ethic, the work ethic that that team had you know and it's hard to do that over a pandemic so I mean, yeah. that's 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 the biggest difference is you can't really you're, you're around guys more now and in the MAAC championship it was a normal season so we're always with each other you know what I'm saying we're literally everywhere at like parties anything like we're having our own watching football games with each other you know what I'm saying just having having a good time all the time you know with each other and that and that that makes it easier to look Across from you when you're lined up on defense on fourth and one and say, I I need to I need to stop this guy because I know he's counting on me to do this. We've talked about it in the offseason multiple times, you know, so it's like it just builds a more sense of camaraderie and and understanding of who you're playing for, and who you're playing with. And it makes it that much easier to go win. And I think with this, hopefully a little bit more of a regular offseason with regular COVID testing and things like that, they can spend more time around each other and get to build that strength that the team needs.
0: Yeah, and you talk about the changes that COVID endure. Coach Amick talked a lot throughout the season about kind of creating sort of an NBA bubble. What was it like, you know, the day-to-day getting through this COVID, like this COVID season where you're getting tested, you're not really allowed to go too many places, and you got to stay away from people because you don't know where they've been or what they have?
2: Yeah, it's definitely stressful, you know, It can it can kind of mess with your mental a little bit if you let it, but... I think if you have a strong routine on a day-to-day basis and understand this is what I need to be doing, communicate with your coaches, your players through the phone, however you can, and just stay in your playbook, it can get a little hectic, but I think having a routine on a day-to-day basis makes things a little bit more sane because, yeah, things aren't normal, but you make your situation normal by continuing to do the things that you always do on a day-to-day basis and finding a way to get them done, even if you can't go out and train with your normal training, or, you know, anything. You just find a way to get it done. And I think it, it allowed a lot of more people to be in their playbook, um, watch more film and things like that, because, I mean, you kind of don't have a choice.
1: Yeah, it sucks to keep talking about the differences and the changes that we have to, to live with going forward now. But we'll talk about your training because you brought it up. You're getting ready for the NFL. What's been different? What have you had to do? What have What, you know, obviously – Years past, different guys are doing different workouts, but what is it like for you? What's your training been like? And I know we talked about it before we started recording, but the NFL just changed their their combine for this year. So um, I know you talked about that. So if you want to share with our our listeners what is going on now.
2: Uh, So there's actually no NFL combine, I guess, anymore, and they've changed it to a more traditional pro day setting that's going to actually be ran by NFL officials or the uh be in contact very good contact with the strength coaches and they'll have them set that up and it'll pretty much be virtual unless some teams come and check things out so that's that's the biggest difference as far as uh combine goes it's, made, it's just mainly pro days and things like that and uh they're making sure that everybody gets seen and everybody gets a kind of a fair shot as to where last year it was more so up in the air you've seen a lot of guys have their pro days canceled and They just didn't know what was going on. They've been training for about three, four months, and then boom, nothing, you know. And and that that sucks for guys, but this year the NFL has tried to make a little bit more of a, um, take a stance on making things fair uh, as far as getting seen goes.
1: How important to you is that daily routine that you talk about right now? Obviously, you're getting ready. It's training. It's not just, you know, weightlifting and things like that, but you're doing on the field work as well. What is that daily routine like for you right now?
2: Yeah, so really, I just wake up, get something in my body, a lot of protein. I've been eating very healthy as far as um, in the morning. I usually have oatmeal, eggs, cottage cheese, um, a banana, some fruit, and I push a lot of fluids. And then I have lunch that consists of ground beef, shredded chicken, grilled chicken, uh, broccoli, beets, uh, rice, and for dinner, it's pretty much more so the same. So that's that's been my routine as far as nutrition-wise. I get two workouts in a day. One morning, it's a lifting session. And I come in in the morning, I get a little bit of recovery, and then we go to our lifting session. It's very, very heavy lifting. And then we I take another break, I go eat something, and I come back later, and it's more so a little bit of field work, a little bit of recovery work, just getting the motions down as far as you know my 40 stance, my uh, pro agility, you no, know, bench, just little technical things to just hone in on that before I get going at the pro day.
1: You know, so that's basically the, what
2: my routine's been like.
1: They talk about the TB12 diet. I don't know, man. We just got to start getting the Daniel Crawford diet going in here. <laughs> DC88, DC baby. Yes, sir. DC88. Hey, that sounds, like, hey diet. that sounds like a decent plan. You know, I mean, it sounds like one of those P90X or something like that. You know what I mean? It like comes D- off P80 the tongue 80. the right way. It, that's
0: what I'm saying. Yes, sir. Let's get it going. See, yeah, some, yeah. some marketing and uh, branding right here with the Huskies on tap, guys, Mr. Crawford. One thing I got to ask you, though, is the last question I asked you on the press conferences towards the end of the season, no one really knew what anyone's decisions was gonna were going to be. What factored into your decision to forego that extra year of eligibility and enter into the NFL draft this season? Uh,
2: it mainly was considered around, you know, I felt that I, I learned a lot this season, and as far as my mental goes, and... I'm mature enough to be able to step into another role and do whatever a team needs me to do. And I've kind of learned that about myself, and I'm excited to take that on. Also, I mean, I finished my master's this past spring, so as far as school is concerned, I would basically be taking just, I mean, unless I wanted to get my doctorate or something like that, I would be taking pretty irrelevant classes. So it it would be kind of hard to stay as focused or, you know what I'm saying, with things. And I feel like football right now should be my main focus. So I decided to utilize this time to just focus on straight football. And, you know, regardless of anything, I know I've put the work in and then I can fall back on my career as far as digital marketing, computer science, anything like that goes, because I have put those five, six years of work in academically as well. So I just felt like it was that time for me to just step out and venture into what's next for me because I've matured, my body's matured, my mental has matured, and I'm just ready to give a team what they need.
0: Quite a physical specimen, as I would say, as me and Ethan both sit here at like 5'8". So we'll definitely give you the nod <laughs> in, that, in that regard. And, you know, we've seen you out there on the field. I'm sure we'll get some workout videos here on the coming weeks and months. But, you know, you did have a great career here. And I think you did make the right decision, especially considering, you know, the circumstances of the last season. And, you know, with college athletics, we really don't know what next season's going to look like. Could be, yeah. you know, we could have I'm going to knock on wood because I really want to get out of this. Like we've been in this, this stage, this phase for like a year, dating back to last year's pro day. And I was going to actually say too, I remember when we went out to last year's pro day, uh, we talked with Spencer Tears, uh, McKelty Williams and Treshawn Foster, and they all had workouts that ended up getting canceled because of COVID. So it's like, think of how many, you know, Spencer Treys and Treshawn and McKelty's there are from other schools that didn't get that opportunity. So it's good to see that you were able to get out this year. And, you know, on the topic of your education, what did you grab your two degrees in?
2: So I got my undergrad degree in uh, business enterprise emphasis with computer science. And I got my master's in digital marketing.
0: Two very, very practical uses of your degrees and, you know, if football doesn't work out, like you said, you know, you went to school for a reason. At NIU, it's more than just about football here. And we actually did see the team GPA uh, pretty high this last semester. So I can I can say that you definitely contributed to that.
2: Yeah, I got academic on Mac as well. So that was a pretty good thing for me as well.
0: And just the accolades
1: continue to grow here as we continue to record. So I got to ask you, obviously... Throw out this last year, because this last year sucked for everybody. Describe your career at NIU. What was your four years here in DeKalb, like academics, on the field, everything like that?
2: It was very, you know, I'd say it was up and down, you know, because I was behind some great players at first, and Shane Wyman, you know, Desroy Maxwell. And and they taught me a lot. They, They taught me a lot as far as blocking is concerned and receiving. And Coach Carey, he actually taught me a lot. You know, he always would tell me, you know, I was ready to play. You know, but it was some it was the little things that he wanted me to improve on. And that's, you know, whether that's getting stronger or changing my diet or, you know, being early than everybody else. It's not just about being on time. You know, if you want to be different, it's about being early. It's about staying late. And it's just the little things that turn into big things in the end. And it makes you that much better of a player. So I think the first couple of years, I had a great learning experience behind those two players and with Coach Carey. And after that, I actually got hurt. You know, and that was a big eye opener for me as well because it, 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 uh, it showed me how much I really love the game. You know, I would, I would sometimes sit back and just look at practice and start tearing up because I never realized how bad I really wanted to be out there. And you don't realize that until you're not out there. So, ever since that point, I never took any practice for granted, anything regarding football. I never took it for granted. Meetings, whether that be watching film or anything, because I know how fast it can get taken away from you. And, It actually drove my work ethic. You know, I got back. I was, I could have actually played that year we won the MAC championship. I was uh, preparing. I was about to start the Akron game. I feel like that was in October. Um, But as you know, they wanted to keep me on ice until the next year because I I could have got a medical red shirt. So I utilized that and I just sat back and learned and just watch from everybody else and how they approach things and how they approach their work. You know, watching Kenny Galladay in the past years, how he approached his work and practice, things like that. And I tried to take that mentality on in the next couple years, and it paid off for me. Unfortunately, we couldn't get a MAC championship, but I learned a lot, and I've improved as a player, I think.
1: As someone that just is so passionate about the sport itself and someone that has made it through four years, of a division one program obviously you were hurt for for one of those years unfortunately but give your advice to the younger guys on the team or even just future college athletes in general what is what are some tips for being successful on on the field the court off the field the court whatever
0: this is now the, the dc 88 method too by the way 100 <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it's just all aspects of it
0: I
2: think the first the first um the first thing I would tell young people is to get around their strength coach as much as they can. Build a relationship with your strength coach. And that's just going to pay off in the long run because it'll maximize who you are as a player because they'll tell you personally that they can't really tell you in a group setting what you need to do differently and how to get stronger, how to get faster and you'll learn a little bit more about their program. And you see a lot with young guys, they, they come from a trainer and then they move to a different trainer and they say, I don't know if this guy's, you know, really right for me or he knows what's good for me. And I think if you build that relationship and just off back and understand what they're trying to do and what they're trying to implement, which they can't always explain in a group setting and how it pertains specifically to you, it'll, it'll help you out in the long run and you'll actually buy into the program and try to see results. You know, the next thing I would say is definitely try and own whether it be the defense or the offense on the entire playbook try to know what everybody's doing because that makes the game way easier when, when I when I know what Tyrese is running I know where I need to be on the field when I know where Aaron wants to, what gap he wants to hit it makes it easier to know where I need to take my guy as far as blocking is concerned it also helps me to understand the defense and what they want to do because I see they, there's certain things that they can't do from different alignments so when I'm honed into that and I understand the defense and in, in its entirety, it makes my gameplay way easier and it makes me it makes it easier to find holes in the defense or see if they're in man or see if they're in three cheat or cover two and route adjustments, you know, become way simpler and things like that when you just know the whole game, whether it be offense, defense, you know, the plays, people's assignments, everything, it makes things easy. So I feel like if you get a hold of that early. That'll definitely benefit you in the long run because you'll always be ready to go whenever your numbers call.
0: Yeah. One thing I wanted to say, too, is you have a, you know, very high value on special teams, whether that's blocking a punt or going down and hitting someone like you are a big body and stay out of your way. But one thing I wanted to ask you, you talked about, you know, in your early years, you struggled with some of your, your eating habits. What was your go to cheat meal before they slapped it off your desk? Go to. Oh, I love sea captain sea Captain, is C-Captions. that is that your number
2: one restaurant in DeKalb at the time it was now it's changed into fushi I love fushi because I mean it's not too many options you know and then they put a canes right when I wanted to leave well, you know? so yeah. I was like oh my god I was about
1: to say man they just added that raising canes and I don't think anything beats that anymore
2: at, every time I visit DeKalb I go to raising canes at least twice, and it's it's amazing. I love canes.
0: I love canes. If they had that
2: there, I probably would have been in some trouble, you know, in the early years.
0: Well, what I was going to say, too, I believe from what I saw when they put the Raising Canes out here is they're going to be a sponsor of NIU Athletics. So, like, going into the first game, Ethan and I were sitting there, I'm like, dude, let them have Raising Canes in the press box, and I'll lose it. Like, I swear. They didn't. It'll be bad. It'll be bad. The (laughs) sauce is crazy.
2: I always need two breads. Like, I just need it. I need it.
1: You need F- to everything from that restaurant man.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, there, you
1: can to everything from that place
0: oh, like man, uh, that place is so good it's like the episode of family guy where he tries to order one of everything in the drive-thru man. We'll, just get, we'll just get your face cropped over it at raisin canes
1: note Raising canes not dc 88 approved yes no no
2: you can't eat it too much i'll say get it once a week if that if that's that. that sunday food yeah sunday food once a week, if the C captains stay away, never get C captains.
1: <laughs> One question I wanted to ask is, is there any player in specific in the league that you kind of want to model your game after?
2: John o. Smith for the Tennessee Titans. That's, that's, that's who I, I see myself. You know what I'm saying? He, everything that he does I feel like I can do whether that's route running, special teams, blocking, they utilize him in a very special way. He's not the tallest tight end, but he, he's pretty fast. He's athletic. You know, he can catch the ball well, and he can also block well. He's not afraid to get his nose dirty, and that's exactly the type of player I am. I love to block. I love to block, but I also love to make plays in the passing game. And special teams, if you watch from 2015 to 2017, I played every single special teams. And I kind of took a little pride in that because, you know, if you're not getting that many reps on offense, you want to show somebody what you can do somehow. And special teams was a way for me to do that, and it, earned my, it started to earn uh, playing time for me on offense, whether that be blocking in perimeter You know, pass blocking, things like that. So I think I'm just a very versatile player and I'll be able to do whatever a team asks me as far as whether it's in the run game, the pass game, you know, counter plays, pulling, pass blocking, blocking in space. I feel like I can play any position, to be honest.
0: And you talk about the ability to play special teams as a rookie or a first, you know, year or second year player in the NFL. It's one of the things that you have to have in your arsenal. And with you having a full film reel of it, I think that will definitely bode well in your process. So you talk about your favorite player as someone you model your game after. Do you have a favorite NFL team? My favorite NFL team.
2: I've been, as of recently, I've been loving the Bills. I've been watching them since they got Josh Allen, because I don't know if you remember, but we that was my first yep. collegiate game. Yes, it was Wyoming. playing against was playing against Josh Allen. He was, we went, it was, so that was a crazy experience for me. I guess I'll touch on that a little bit. So the game got rain delayed actually about four or five hours. So we're in the locker room from about eight to midnight, just waiting. It was waiting because they said we're going to play, but we were just like, man, I don't know. It's been four hours. You know, we warmed up already, went back out, warmed up, went back in. So at that point, everybody's just taking a nap in the locker room because it's it's late, you know what I'm saying? We just in there, like you know, just trying to trying to have fun, do whatever we can to stay uh, away. But they play with us so much, it, we can't. We went back and forth, so everybody just took a nap. And I remember Coach Kerry coming in and like, it's home, wake up. He just like he just woke everybody up like, let's go. We're like, oh my God, we about to play. So we we go ahead and start. we we, we get ready to play or whatever. And that was a good game for everybody. That was the first time I played with Kenny Galladay, you know, uh, Shane Wyman. We had Joe, Bonio, Huff, a bunch of great, great Husky greats, I feel like. And that game went into like four overtimes. And Josh Allen actually, <laughs> Josh Allen actually, uh, he scored the game winning touchdown, the last touchdown of the game. So ever since then, I knew he was the real deal. So I, ever since he got picked up by the the Bills, I was I have been tapped into them.
0: What time did they finish this game
2: at? My parents, they got a hotel. They said they didn't even get to sleep in it. You know what I'm saying? We we, we, we got off the field around like four AM, didn't get to the cow till about ten.
1: Jeez, man. Dog, that's the hard
0: way <laughs> times a thousand. Oh my God. goodness.
2: Yeah, so it was crazy. It was crazy. But it was a great game and it was a great experience. And that was my first collegiate game, so
0: that's nuts. To follow that up, you, you've mentioned a lot of NFL stars, not just NFL players. You talk about a guy like Kenny Galladay, Josh Allen. We'll take those two out of the equation. But who are three of the most talented players that you've either played with or against in your time at NIU? Three of the most talented, offense, defense, doesn't matter? Uh, we'll do defense for the sake that you play offense.
2: Okay, the three most deep. Shawan Lurie, obviously, was number one. He was, he was, he's definitely probably the most talented defensive player I've seen as a Husky. He could return the ball. He could play receiver. Actually, a lot of people don't know that. He played nickel corner. He played uh, on an island in the boundary. A or Swiss Army knife. Yeah, he was a beast. He was a beast. And he played special teams. You know, and people don't know this, but he could tackle. He wasn't afraid to get his head dirty, his nose dirty. So, I, Shawan Lurie, he was, a, he was a Husky great to me. Uh, Sutton Smith. You know, he was he was just a freak. I I had to block him multiple times and it's just hard. It's, it's literally just hard. He's so strong. He, honestly, through this process of me changing my diet and things like that for the past two years, I've actually took a lot of his things off of his, you know, what I'm saying page because he was a protein freak. He just uh, loved protein, 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 protein. So I actually started eating cottage cheese more because of him you know, grilled chicken breasts, all that stuff, broccoli, you know, things like that, because that's all he intake, you know what I'm saying, protein shake, that's all he, uses. a protein shake head. So Sutton, he he could do it all, you know, he, he returned fumbles, you know I'm so saying, he could sack the quarterback, he was a force in the run game, he could probably play a little bit of linebacker, so, you know, that was, and then I'd have to say, let's go
0: with a linebacker, um, to
2: be honest, Antonio Jones-Davis. A lot of people don't realize, but he had
0: football team too.
2: Yeah. Shout out to him. You know, a lot of people don't realize like he, he's been a force since he first stepped on campus. We came in together and I, I've just been watching him ever since. And he's so hard nosed. He's actually changed his mentality as far as learning the whole game, you know, things like that. So I, I give Antonio Jones Davis a bunch of credit because he's just a dog. He's a dog. He can do it all. He can pass a cover. He can run. He can stop the run. And he's a he's a sure tackler, most definitely. He's also a leader. You know what I'm saying? He gets people going. He gets me going when he's on the defense. So it's like, I love playing with Tom.
1: So we're starting to wrap up here. Name your top three memories as a Husky.
2: That's a tough one. Definitely the Wyoming game, for sure. Definitely the Wyoming. Oh, when we beat Nebraska the first time. that was That was a great experience. That was a great experience. You know, it was just... The picture we took on the field, that was awesome. Just being able to just succeed in something that nobody thought we would be able to do was amazing. And then the trip we took to Utah and being in BYU, that was that was amazing as well. But I had so many memories at NIU, man. My my shout out to Coach Hammock, man. He he did not let us practice inside. So they weren't inside. None of the memories was inside, but it was it was a good time at NIU, and I I had too many good memories to just pick out a specifics, but I'd say those were the biggest ones because we made our mark and we let it be known.
0: We will say you guys were our favorite alarm clock of our entire life. We live right next to <laughs> the football field, and we knew when you guys were practicing, you got us ready for the day. You got us up and moving.
1: Look, bro, I worked at 6 o'clock at the gym every morning at the rec, and let me just you tell speak you, for yourself. Like there was just something about the stadium lights at 6 o'clock in the morning that just got me fired up to go clean gym equipment all morning. <laughs>
2: it's just different. It is different. It is different, for sure.
0: So on this topic, you know, as we start to wind up here, someone who not only grabbed a regular undergraduate and a graduate degree, you were an all-MAC academic and an all-MAC performance player. What is your words of advice to that, you know, that freshman kid who's coming in, may not see the, you know, the playing time he thinks. What do you have to say to those people that are coming into the program currently?
2: I tell them to not compare themselves to other people and just compete with everybody they could. You know what I'm saying? Just, just compete with literally everybody. Make, make it like a lot of people use this as a meme when Jordan's like, I took that personally. But you honestly got to take everything personally. Like if you see somebody doing more weight than you in the weight room, try and do more than him. Like just, you know what I'm saying? It just makes, it just creates a better mentality when you get on the field, and it lets people know who you are. It lets people know you want, you're here for a reason. You're here to compete. You're not here to just be average. You want to be different. You want to stand out. The next thing I'd say is definitely just stay away from the rat poison. And that includes, you know, unfortunately the media, sometimes they can be very high up and very down on players and things like that. But I feel like if you lock yourself away from that and just understand, like, I just got to be consistent and do what I need to do and not feed too much into the hype or feed too much into the negativity, you'll be all right.
1: I want to be the first person to thank you and, and really wish you the best of luck going forward, because I mean, listening to you talk about the fact that you were sitting there crying during practice about not being able to play. I mean, that speaks so much about not even just the person you are, but the game you're bringing into the NFL. And personally, I mean, that's the type of player the NFL needs. So I know I appreciate NI, you. N- NIU had a great athlete here for four years and and now the NFL is about to get it for however many years you're blessed enough to get in the league. So uh, best of luck going to you and, and really just thank you for coming on and I like no to take credit in the fact that uh, we're one of the, the higher up medias. You know, we, we don't we don't like to trash the players. Hey, like anti poison. We like to <laughs> anti poison. We, we like to phrase what we got here and talk about the talent we're pumping out of DeKalb. and and hopefully uh in a couple of months we'll see your name getting called.
2: I appreciate that so much, man. More than you know.
0: Yeah, and like we said on the page, man, if you weren't with us during our 0 six, you can't come back when we win the Mac. It's just not how it goes.
2: <laughs> They're gonna win it next year, too. Watch.
0: Hey, what, I love good,
2: that. They got some. They got some good uh, preseason. Not preseason, but out of conference games, as far as you know, Michigan goes, Georgia Tech. So I mean, and boys gonna be ready to go. They are gonna be ready to
0: go for sure. So real quick, before we let you go for the day, I want you to name one player on offense and defense that didn't get an opportunity last year to really show what they got that will have a breakout season this upcoming season.
2: Uh, Billy Dozier. He plays receiver. Billy Go. He plays. It. Yeah, he plays receiver and he plays uh, special teams. Every single special teams. He's very athletic and he's not really undersized. He's strong, very strong. And on the defensive side, I would definitely have to say um, Eddie Jackson. Okay. You know, he was he was he was he was new to the game, but he was hard nosed and he was ready to take on any challenge, no matter how prepared he was, because he was always you know in the playbook and things like that. So he put himself in the best position to be able to be there. You know what I'm saying? He was always there. Whether he made the play or not, he was around. You know, and I think he's going to have some great strides
0: this season. We absolutely love to hear that. So Billy Dozier and Eddie Jackson are the two Huskies to look out for for next season Husky fans. Daniel, do you have any last words for Husky Nation, the fans, the listeners of our show in regards to your last few years here at NIU? Always just stay down. You know what I'm saying? It's the hard way for a reason. Even
2: when we win the MAC, it's going to be the hard way because we did it the hard way. You know what I'm saying? So just stay down. They supporter, show up, be around, you know what I'm saying? Just be that voice of, of, of praise that we need so much right now because, you know, and all this negativity in the world and everything like that, I feel like if we can come together as a Husky family, all that won't matter. You know what I'm saying? We could, we could overcome everything as long as we just got the right mentality and the way to approach them.
0: And last and final question, what does the hard way mean to you?
2: The hard way means to me is just getting it done regardless of any circumstance. Literally. So it could be, no matter how you feel, find a way to get it done. No matter, you know what I'm saying? It also means having those tough conversations with the coaches, with the players, those people around you, your family. That's the hard way. You know what I'm saying? Just doing everything, the little things, great. Making
0: all the little things great. That's what the hard way is to me. And then for our listeners and our followers, where can they follow you and your journey at on social media? So uh, on
2: Instagram, my name is Two Eights as well. T W O 8 S and then on uh, Twitter is TWO the number 8 X S.
0: Perfect. Do you have any wrap up thoughts for the listeners here today, Daniel? Uh
2: just be around your family in this tough times. Honestly, to be around family whether that's the husky family, whether that's your family, you just be around loved ones. And if you don't love anybody, figure out a way to love somebody. You know, everybody can get can get love and show love in in some type of way. It's the little like I said before, it's the little things that matter. You know, sending $5 to somebody in these tough times may be, you know, small to you, but big to somebody else, you know, so just find a way to
0: change somebody's life and touch somebody in these tough times. I think that's a perfect way to put it and one of the best ways to close it out. I mean, from all the conversations that I've had with you, whether it's the press conference for you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join the show, you're one of the most humble athletes that i've ever talked to one of the most kind and caring athletes as we've seen over the last 40 minutes you care about the people around you your family your teammates everyone an nfl organization is going to be very blessed to have you on their team but we thank you very much on behalf of huskies on tap and the on tap sports for joining us on the show today stay tuned for future episodes of huskies on tap in the future you can follow us on twitter at huskies on tap at Beaton300. Or at ethan underscore wiles and then don't forget to throw our guy daniel a follow at two eights it's two eights right yeah. two the word two and then the two number eights and then the and then it's an s right it's apostrophe i'm so bad right now oh my goodness i'm sorry go everyone it's an <laughs> s at the end yes so before yeah. we get cut off the zoom we're gonna let you guys go we really do appreciate everyone for tuning in and go huskies go huskies baby.
2: i got a drink
0: a in yeah. with magic. Bad yeah. and bad we got London on the track darn, darn. I ain't asked now
2: for nothing I took the heart away heart heart put me over, me with it. They took my heart
0: away Heart away Heart away yeah. Heart away Jump in it hard